This podcast is produced by Unedited. It takes one to two big changes, like, for example, reading a book before sleep every day, mm-hmm. waking up early. You do those two, like, your life will change. So it's like people think that, like, changing life around is this huge thing, but actually, like, it's not. You play your cards right, it's not. Hello and welcome to episode 184 of In The Moment With Me, Alex Manzi. I am a life coach who has previously battled with depression and anxiety and I use my learnings and experience to help you find more clarity and happiness in life. Each week on this podcast, we hear the stories and tips from some of the most inspirational people in the world, learning how to take small steps every day to improve your mental, emotional, physical and spiritual health. But before we jump into this week's episode, I am really, really excited to announce that my book, The Search for Clarity, is out now. And this book shares my experiences and biggest learnings of going through living in negative headspace to now living from a place of clarity and happiness and how you can do the same too. It's full of tips, it's full of lessons, it's full of stories. If you want to get more information on the book or if you want to even grab a copy, you can simply head to thedreamersdisease.co.uk forward slash clarity or if you're a Kindle reader, you can download a version via the Amazon store. On this week's episode, I am joined by Max Klimenko, who is the self-proclaimed brain of TikTok, as a lot of his educational content has gone viral on the platform, leading him to get millions of views and millions of followers as well. And in this episode, we speak a lot about the dynamic of change and the cycle we all kind of go through when experiencing a shift in life. And I know that I'm definitely going through this cycle a lot right now, and I've been through it a lot multiple times in my life. And especially with things like the podcast and coaching, you know, it's something that I kind of experience a lot, but ultimately it's important to understand that it is a cycle and no state within it is temporary. So it's really great to kind of hear Max break down that cycle of change and what it means for all of us. And during this conversation, we also spoke about tips for motivation, the crisis of self-esteem that we all faced and what it means to be on a personal quest. So the aim of this podcast is to inspire. So if you like what you hear in this episode, be sure to share it with a friend and spread the love. But right now, let's jump straight in and hear from Max. Welcome, Max. How are you? Alex, I'm really good. Thanks for having me. No, pleasure, man. I think um, I'm really excited because I discovered your uh, TikTok account, which you know millions of people have. Um, and I just love the kind of stuff that you've been putting out on it. So do you want to kind of give people an idea of uh, what it is that you do not just on you know socials but away from that as well yeah so um in, in terms of like m- my life like weeks and days it's uh, i do three things um i think number one is uh, i have a creative agency called Climico where we help brands navigate tiktok so we do kind of content strategy as well as um advertising uh, thing number two is uh, i work as an economist at a big, big kind of corporate consultancy um economics and technology researcher to be precise um, just working on the way kind of different trends in geopolitics, economics, and kind of technology affect uh, our clients. Mm-hmm. And then thing number three is like I make videos. Uh, and that's more of a, like a social mission, I guess, like personal um, kind of quest on TikTok. And I classify myself as an edutainer. And I stole this from someone, but I can't remember who. So I'm going to just attribute it to myself, I guess, um, <laughs> which is basically education mixed with, uh, mixed with entertainment. Uh, so that's kind of what I do. I also just sometimes post random videos of my cat or stuff like that also has place. Um, yeah, so yeah, I love that. Um, if you, I'm interested there because you, you mentioned like personal quest, which I feel like when you've got, when you're passionate about something, it always kind of turns into like a, a personal mission, right? So mm-hmm. what's, what is your personal quest? What is your mission with what you're trying to put out there? Um, so there's a few things like the reason why I started TikTok was that I saw my sister on the platform a lot, spending a lot of time there. And uh, I looked at what she was watching and I really didn't like it. Um, and I'm not hating, like there's a place for everyone, like different people have different interests and stuff, but I just, I kind of wanted to produce different kind of content that also people wouldn't feel bad about watching. Because like this recurrent pattern, if you go on social media, the smartest people in the world are working on making that addictive. You spend a lot of time there. You feel bad about it. Like, I don't like it. And it seems that we can't um, counteract the process of getting addicted to social media platforms. But if you're addicted to something that actually brings you value, then it's not all that bad. So I just kind of wanted to make content that is different. Um, and yeah, and also it's a creative outlet too at the same time. Like, I'm not kind of Mother Teresa that only cares about it. Like, for me, it's kind of fun. And I, I always wanted to kind of be out there and like talk about stuff that I probably shouldn't talk about, but I really want to. So... Uh, so that's kind of how it works. So I guess in terms of my 
my mission, there is a few things. Um, I really want to be like a salami in, in a sandwich of, of Gen Z and the world that is like completely unprepared for it. Um, so I really want to change the way organizations work, the way employers work uh, with kind of young hires and their career development and stuff like that. Uh, I also want to do something about the self-esteem crisis that I am seeing in the Western economy since I've moved um, kind of to Europe from uh, or to the UK from Ukraine. And as I travel a lot, like that's a big revelation to me. People are people don't believe in themselves, uh, which is a big problem. Um, so yeah, probably those things. Um, I encourage in like reading. Obviously, is a big thing of mine. So I'm trying to push it uh, whenever possible. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I, mate, I love that. I, I feel like where our missions sound very similar, particularly when it comes to to, to the thing around self esteem, right? Just, we we were talking just before, and you were asking me about the podcast and why why I started it, and you know a lot of that came down to wanting to inspire people to make a change for themselves, and either that be, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally, career wise, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted people to feel like they had the confidence to to do that and to to be so secure within themselves that even if they knew they were taking a decision for themselves for the better, that it's going to work out. And it's like, you sometimes you have to have that, that confidence, right. And that belief to really understand that and to really push for it. And like when I left my job full time, it was like, I, I waited probably a year and a half too late to do it. Like I should have left that job way sooner than I did. And not because the job was bad or anything, but just because my, my passions were elsewhere. And it's like, I felt like that time could have been used there, which is eventually why I took the leap. And but a lot of it came down to the, to, to, to the question of confidence, right? And that's not just necessarily confidence with work, but just confidence in general. Um, so what, what do you think is kind of leading to this, um, this crisis of self-esteem, like you put it? I don't know. I'm trying to figure this out. But um, I think some of it is potentially that there is a lot of choice, Um because like before, if you think about like professions and where to go, you know, if you are from a family of doctors, like you become a doctor, like that's, that's fine. That's kind of what you do. Like if you are, you know, even early, if you like your dad was a fisherman, then you are also a fisherman because there's a fishing rod in the house. And like, what yeah. else are you going to be like a blogger? Like, but I, I feel that now there is just the career kind of journey has become so weird. And like, there's so many different things that you can do and like the most ridiculous combinations and I think that is leading to like a choice paralysis, similar to the one you have in like choose, trying to choose a chocolate bar from like like countless options. And you just don't know, like they're all kind of good and like you don't know where to start. And like, and I think that because you don't get into that momentum of getting good at something because you try so many different things, you never quite get used to the fact that you can get from point A to point B if you like set your mind to it. And then you just see yourself like constantly jumping around um, and I feel like if you don't have those kind of small wins and you don't feel the power of like momentum consistency bringing results like you just can't quite get on that ladder ever with like anything that you do um, I think there is that like I think that's a big part of it um, I'm not sure I think it's probably different for everyone um, but there is something about like when I moved from Ukraine I really expected people to be a bit more pumped about like living in the UK, being born in the UK, like um, there's millions of people back in my home country that would like, that would cut their leg off for that chance. Um, so yeah, so, so, so to me, that was a revelation. And I don't think I have the answer to, to why that is. Uh, maybe you have a better one, actually. <laughs> well, I've, I've, you know, similar to you, it's like something that I'm trying to figure out because I think it, it does take place in a lot of people. And, you know, from, from personal experience and from, you know, my work with coaching and, you know, the people I've connected with on the podcast, it always seems to kind of be down to, for me anyway, this idea of perfection and like wanting everything to be perfect and make, you know, again, it comes down to choices, making the right choice so that everything will be perfect, so that your life will be perfect, so that you'll have this perfect lifestyle, this perfect work, this perfect relationship. And we want everything in, in, our, in our world to be perfect, which I think is pretty much impossible because it's never going to be perfect all the time. It might have moments of perfection, but it's never going to be perfect all the time. And I think that leads mm-hmm. to us then, you know, again, back to choices, wanting to make another choice or try something different. And we can never really be consistent with the thing that we're doing because there are too many things out there. And I was, I was doing a, a coaching session with my coaching group yesterday about um, a little bit was about productivity and routines. And I was explaining my morning routine is pretty much the same every day for the first two hours. 
and what that does for me is it eliminates choice. Like I don't have to choose what I want to have for breakfast. I don't want to have to choose, you know, what I'm going to do. What do you have for breakfast? So I just have a, a, the same shake pretty much every day. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, some fruit, some, some oats, uh, almond milk, some protein powder. It's exactly the same ingredients every day, which means that eliminates the choice of what I want to have. I pretty much get wear the same thing all the time, which is a plain t-shirt with shorts when it's hot or chinos when it's cold. You know, I, I eliminate all of the, the, the small minimal choices that we make in the morning. I know that when I wake up, I'm going to go downstairs and have a glass of water. Then I'm going to do some kind of exercise. Then I'll have my breakfast. Then I'll have my shower. And although it's quite structured, what it does is it actually gives me the freedom to, to not use up that mental energy first thing in the morning in that first two hours. And I can save that energy for when I actually get into my working day. And, and you know, I even start my day by writing my to-do list. So I know exactly what I'm going to be doing throughout the day. Again, eliminating too many choices and i think we 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 can get caught up in um trying you know trying to put all of our energy everywhere but sometimes you don't need to and sometimes if you can remove that element of choice you can actually see that things are going to work out all right either way it's just how mm. you want to kind of approach that um if that makes any sense mm. it makes a lot of sense but uh but i could i don't think i can learn how like for, i had uh my breakfast was like a bunch of olives at like 6.30 a.m. <laughs> and then I started work and then I just kind of like, you know, uh, every, every day is, is like just a blast of like activity and sometimes it's like random things. Mm-hmm. Um, but my every morning like looks different. Like yeah. sometimes I'm like up super early and like doing whatever. Sometimes it's like I'm just completely out of energy and stuff like that. But then I just get pick it up and stuff um yeah i don't know i could never like establish like a morning routine uh even with my videos and like it would really benefit me but i could never do it don't know why um Mm. i think i think it would be helpful but i think also what i'm doing right now is kind of working um so i'm not sure if i want to change it necessarily um so yeah so every day like what i what i do instead of like a to-do list i have like an adventure map yeah. So I have like a like a page, and then I'll I'll have like like oh this adventure that adventure, and if we go here, we can maybe go to this side of like the ocean, but like but that's not confirmed. Like we don't know that, so it's more like like that. And then I look at the adventure, and I just kind of like assess it. I guess sometimes at the end of the day, sometimes I forget. Um, but yeah, but I feel like every every time when I start to do making a to do list, like it becomes like it's a year like worth of work. Um, <laughs> So yeah, so I just kind of have like one to three priorities, like yeah. probably even one to two priorities for a day. And I just try to make sure that I don't, I don't, don't screw them up. And more often than not, I still screw them up. <laughs> yeah, but I think, I think that's part of it, right? Like even for me, like I, I, I maybe prioritize five things maximum in a day. And I might be, you know, one of those today is this podcast recording. Uh, in the morning, I had to send some links for the podcast, which went live this morning to the, to the guest. This afternoon, I'm going to record some videos for social media, like just really basic kind of things. And then after, I think I'm going to be making some notes on an edited podcast that I need to edit. Like they're just really simple things that need to be done. And then obviously, if I've got other stuff like coaching around that, I have to fit that in. And I think that, again, for me, the structure creates freedom because once I've got that structure, if something else comes up, I am free within my mind to act on it rather than like, trying to think about all of the possibilities all the time. I was having a a conversation with one of my friends who's deciding whether to uh, go back to Italy for a few months because he's, he's uh, potentially being made redundant at his, his, his job here or whether to stay here and try and find a new job whilst he wants to build up the kind of platform that he's building for himself online. And I was just like, I said to him, he was giving me like every possible outcome for both choices. And I just said to him, look, to be honest, it doesn't matter which choice you've made. Like you've laid out every possible outcome. It's not going to matter which choice you make. What matters is the choice that you feel is the best for you right now. Like you've given me every possible pro and every possible con yeah. for both options. Like it's not going to matter either way because you've, you've already pretty much laid it out. Just choose one and be happy with it. Like sometimes that's... Well, if, you have, if your friends listen to this, like I'd suggest go to Italy because the UK is so hot and like unbearable <laughs> and, and like the beaches are all full. So um, yeah, go to Italy and like yeah. make content from there. Yeah, he's he's from a beautiful place in Italy as well. He's from Sardinia, like one of the islands. So I was like, mate, I, I didn't ah. want to say it to him and be like, mate, go to Italy. But I was like, I wanted him to come to his own conclusion. But I, that would be what I would do anyway. Well, like, I, then I am gonna say it. You yeah, go to Sardinia. Like, what are you doing here? Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just saw actually yesterday for the background, uh, 
we had the Zac Efron uh, documentary about like I think it's called Down to Earth. Like it's just him traveling, like talking about sustainability and like mm-hmm. um, kind of climate change and stuff. And one of the episodes was about Sardinia. So yeah. Yeah, it's a beautiful place. Yeah. So one of the things I did want to speak to you about, because it's kind of, I guess it ties in with what we've been talking about is, is motivation. Um, mm-hmm. Because I saw that you, you, you made an awesome video about how to stay motivated. So um, what are some yeah, of those... I don't think it was awesome. I actually didn't <laughs> like it at all, but uh, I still put it out. Because yeah, why not? Because about perfection. Like, I don't like it, but okay. Uh, it's not for me, right? Yeah, yeah. So but what, what are some of the tips that are in that video that you think would be helpful for people who struggle? I think especially, especially during this time that we're in, I think a lot of people are feeling unmotivated because there's a lot of uncertainty still in terms of like, are we going back into lockdown? Are we allowed to go out? Like, are we allowed to go abroad? You know, working from home? Like, there's all of these elements that we're not really used to. So like, what tips have you got for, for keeping motivated? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I mentioned the, that tip in the video. Um, I have a book suggestion, which is Atomic Habits by James Clear. I think that one is really clear uh, and it outlines things quite well. Um, at the same time, there is nothing groundbreaking. Like it's you are one 17 second Google away from like everything anyone's going to tell you. But I think something that works for me is two things. One is like just coming to grasp with the fact that like, this is the only life that you have and you will regret stuff like think about how you know for people maybe in their late 20s or 30s or 40s like how you regret not doing stuff earlier and not doing things before like how much better off you'd be if you just like you take that regret you multiply that by ten thousand, and that's what you're going to feel when you're 70 and if if you're just chilling and like playing 2k like so that's going to happen and like if you're prepared to face that go ahead but i don't think that's a good strategy at all. And then thing number two, I think, is to find someone who inspires you, someone who's doing a lot, or a business that inspires you, um, or a, some kind of ideology or movement that inspires you, uh, right? And just pick pick up a few books about it, uh, like a history book, a psychology book about that thing or that person, uh, and just kind of j- just read it and kind of feel that um, and let it let it drive you. I feel like that will, I don't know, that like helps me quite a bit. And I think a lot of people um, would benefit from it. And it can be anyone. Like if you're a big fan of uh, like David Dobrik, like I don't care. Like, okay, like find an interview with him. That's really good. Or Logan Paul, like God forbid. Um, but that's fine. Like whoever, whoever is your kind of, whoever is doing what you want to do. Um, I think there is a lot to say. If you like actually penetrate their story, like you don't just watch stuff about them, but you kind of try to actually understand what's driving them and why they did what they did. Like, I think that can inspire a lot of people to just kind of take action. Um, so, yeah. And, and obviously again, like with motivation stuff, like a lot of it just comes down to the fact that it's actually hard. Like people think that it's supposed to be easy, but it's not like it's, it's, it's a hard thing to do. It's tough to like stay disciplined and to get yourself to do stuff. Like don't think that something is wrong with you because you're not able to do it because because it's just a hard thing like it's like lifting 100 kilos like okay like what you if you bench for the first time it's not gonna happen and that's fine um and that's like you know the, the beauty of it and that's where the ambition comes from because it's not commonplace yeah yeah so true and i, I think this it, it's also like for me it's like just sometimes you just have to stay in the game do you know what i mean you have to just stay with whatever it is you're trying to be motivated by yeah. Because your motivation, again, it's not always going to be level 100. It's not always going to be zero. Sometimes it might be 30, it might be 20, it might be 70. But if you're just staying with it, like in the long run, like the motivation over the long term is always going to be there. And I think that's been really key for me is that those days where I feel like, oh man, I'm not really not in the mood to do X or I really can't face doing this today. It's like, just stay with it by just doing one thing that might be really tiny. It might just be for me, Mm -hmm. for example backing up a video from the podcast it might just be that and it takes five seconds but i think that's yeah. i think that's perfect and and i think that's really something that we should kind of understand more right um i think so absolutely so who's uh, who's inspiring you right now um good question um it's been weird like in terms of books and stuff like i've switched it up lately and i've been reading fiction that's like really unlike me um 
so so I've been kind of just looking at like stories uh, and like I'm reading this book called Little Big, which is like really convoluted like book with like families and magic and stuff. Uh, it's a recommendation from Tim Ferriss. Um, and I was just like, just like, this is really cool. I don't know why, but this kind of inspires me to also kind of be more adventurous, I guess, uh, with life and stuff. Um, but also, I mean, things kind of around the response to coronavirus, I think is, is quite interesting. Like to me, it's been quite inspiring, like seeing how people really own up just kind of either their profession or um, kind of how they deal with things, how they own, own up their like vulnerabilities. Like today at, at work, there was someone who was like saying, like working from home doesn't doesn't work for me. Like I, I'm procrastinating a lot and I'm just not getting much done. And I'm like, like, this is great. Like if I was in that position, like I, I wouldn't be able to share this because it's like, oh, you know, you're scared of how you're going to be perceived. But like this guy just went like, oh yeah, like I'm just bumming around like most of the day. And mm. I knew that people could relate to this on the call. Like I knew that because uh, I also can relate to this. Um, but yeah, I was like, yeah, damn, like this is great. Um, so yeah, it doesn't always have to be like Elon Musk or something um, <laughs> or any of the other usual candidates. Yeah, yeah, it can yeah, it can always be people around you. And I think that's that's a really important message for, for me always is like, don't just look at like the so-called greats, like just look at the people who are around you who are doing normal day-to-day things that inspire yep. you because that's, they're the ones who are more likely to have the direct impact on you. Right. Because. Yeah. Or for example, yourself, Alex, with your story about like the BBC and the, and the podcast, like I'm sure there were many people who would be like, bro, like you work at the BBC, like the fuck are you going to do? You're going to work like, like, what, like we make podcasts. Like, are you serious? Um, so like, I think that's, that's quite interesting. And then I had a conversation recently with uh, Brett Weinstein, yeah. uh, who is like a scientist and the head of uh, Peter Thiel Capital, um, even though he is anti-Trump. Well, yeah, he considers Trump an existential threat. So anyways, he is a, he's a very smart guy. And he told me that like respectability is prison. And I found that a prison that you check yourself into every day in regards to kind of my work um, at the corporate firm and stuff like that. And I found that really interesting. Like, I think also what it, what inspires me now, because I'm at this like kind of stage is like when people just don't care about the external respect and when they just kind of, you know, they have this like laid out path that, that makes them seem cool and stuff, but they just don't do it because they just want to try something else. Mm. And I think that's such a useful muscle to develop like, just giving up on respectability like being awkward and like feeling like other people are ashamed of what you're doing and stuff like that i think that's such a killer if you could become kind of numb to that that's like that's huge yeah like really and truly like we shouldn't we shouldn't care what other people's opinions are of us if we're doing the thing that we want to do and we're we're doing and trying our best we we should though like i'm not sure if i agree with like yes we should you know if other people think you're a dick like okay like stop being a dick like you know what I mean? Uh, it's it's like, I think there is a limit to that. I think it's more like you don't want to live your life based on someone else's expectation. Exactly. Uh, but like opinions, like, yeah. I mean, you know, I care about the opinion of like my parents, for example. I care about their opinion. I'm not going to act on it, mm. but I care about it. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I think it's more about like acting based on other people's opinions and like caring because not caring, I don't think it's it's, it's possible and also it may, can make it quite cynical and kind of self-centered and like i think we shouldn't stop caring um but i think we should we should yes stop kind of uh taking orders on how or taking taking implicit orders of the society on like what we should do because the truth is like they probably don't know and the way that these things were formed about like what you're supposed to do is super random like and with as often is the case with random things, like they're not prone to error. Uh, that is just been, just been reoccurring. But yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, what you're saying there is like, it, I think it, it the, 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 the don't care anything is important in terms of like, don't let it consume you. Like obviously we are going to care about people's opinions, but don't let that opinion consume you. Like what you're saying, don't, don't uh, act on it too much. Like act in the way that you want to act because if you know that's going to be good for you, that's going to be good for you. And I think also don't be scared to kind of look outside of your normal 
uh, realm of inspiration. It's like, you know, what you were just saying about you've been reading fiction books, which is not that normal for you. And like, I've been watching a load of like conspiracy theory stuff in the last couple of weeks because it's just good. Like to Shane get. Dawson? Yeah, like um, I've, been, I've watched a couple of documentaries, one called Out of Shadows, which is about Hollywood and the media and how it is messed up and how they kind of control everything we see and believe. Um, another one is about was about politics and i've been watching this program called hunting hitler which is about um the following up on the conspiracy theory that hitler actually fled berlin um after the war and didn't die in the bunker so it's like <laughs> he went to antarctica right uh south america argentina uh, argentina yes sorry, argentina is, is the theory so i've been watching i've been just and it's interesting just to like because i think sometimes we and this just goes outside of conspiracy theories as well like we we're, we're so caught up in the things that we're told to believe or not that we just go with that and we don't actually look into other possibilities and other perspectives for ourselves. And I think when it yeah. comes to things like motivation, inspiration, it's like you have to have that element to broaden, broaden your scope, right? You can't just have this really narrow scope. You have to broaden everything that you're seeing and your perspective so that you can understand more so that you can form better decisions and opinions for yourself. Yeah, I mean, I, I have a friend in advertising who is uh, who's very very established, and um, and she uh, she watched this season the last season of latest season of Love Island, uh, and she's incredibly busy uh, as a person. Like she has a lot of stuff going on, and I'm like, because we were working on something with Love Island TikTok, so I had to watch it also. Um, and I was like, and she, she's not the type of person that would watch Love Island. Not that it's bad or like whatever. Um, and then she basically told me. That she's working while watching Lala. She's like, I'm working because this is the biggest uh, sociological study of the UK population uh, and the, the media consumption habits. And I'm like, yeah, like that's that's kind of true. And it's like, also, if you work in a creative industry, I think that's very important uh, to just get inspiration from random places. Like, I don't, you know, the people that say, oh, I don't watch Netflix. Like, I'm like, okay, like. I connected with one of the one of the prospects recently and almost closed a client just based on the fact that we both like Ozark. Yeah. You know, so like it's fine to consume like media that you like, like there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and I think you you yourself understand when you're watching something for just pure entertainment or inspiration or when you're watching something because you're running away from your life. Like I think uh, I think you, you probably are able to reconcile those and make a distinction quite clearly even if you don't want to admit it to yourself yeah how, how do you notice the the difference between the two then for yourself like like very uh, if i'm watching something i'm not relaxed like sometimes like i've been trying to watch a movie for like for like weeks i've been like trying to uh, <laughs> i told my girlfriend i was like let's i just want to watch a movie and like yesterday i finished i finished like 4 a.m uh okay like, it didn't work but i've been like really trying to and sometimes i get into that zone and it's just like it's just nice you know what i mean like i'm just enjoying it but if it's not uh, also on the planes like that's my that's my time to watch shows like on the plane like unbelievable um but i think it's mostly when i'm feeling uh like when i have like racing thoughts and i just kind of feel negative and i'm watching something to just just numb them you know what i mean um it's the same actually with working out. Like I feel that with working out also sometimes when I do it to kind of just to run away from, I mean, of course, like good form for procrastination, but I feel like I'm not actually there like enjoying the workout. Mm. I'm there because I'm dreading something that's going to happen later today and I'm just like, or you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I think that's, you know, it's kind of tacit, but I think most people would be able to tell. Yeah. And I think sometimes you need, you need that time as well, though, to, to, like you were saying there with the workout, you, you need that time. If you are, if you do have something later in the day, that's, you know, on your mind, just getting to the gym can really help with that because, okay, you might be trying to escape from too much thought around that thing or the anxiety or the stress around it, but it might actually create space for yourself to actually deal with it better because you, you're more when you're in the gym you tend to be in the zone like no matter if you have got things hanging above you you tend to be in that zone and obviously there's a lot of science behind the chemicals and everything that's released in your body that kind of like the endorphins and everything so i think sometimes it can it can be helpful but again it's about knowing whether you're doing something just to escape or whether you're doing something to have downtime and i think that's a very important distinction to make yeah 
yeah for sure and like also also like maybe sometimes it's also relevant to kind of challenge yourself a bit with your kind of downtime um so like don't rewatch the same show um you know what i mean like just try something different uh, i think that i think that's quite quite important um to obviously like everyone has their own kind of, you know if you love friends and you or game of thrones or whatever like i rewatch lord of the rings like every month easy yeah um so yeah so like but lord of the rings is also the greatest film of all time and you see the new things every time you watch it even if it's a thousandth time uh which i don't think applies to the office of friends no friends <laughs> i don't know sometimes with friends like i'm i've probably seen every friends episode god knows how yeah. many times but... yeah me too i've actually i i think i've tried to watch some of the first season and it's just i feel like as i'm aging and like as friends seem like more and more old and like outdated and the jokes like they don't land quite as much yeah like yeah especially from the early seasons and the clothes and the phones like it's just a different life so i just don't find it as funny uh whereas later seasons are still kind of like they still hit yeah 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 I, but i feel like you know without going too much on about friends i feel like it was especially the latest scenes it was very on point with their humor in terms of like what was happening in that time as well i just felt like like mm-hmm. just the time and a certain stuff was it was great um but i wanted to i wanted to talk to you about um dealing with change again because it's quite relevant to kind of what we're going through at the minute there's a lot of change in the world there's a lot of uncertainty and, and, and i was watching a video i think it was on your i think it was on your youtube actually about the 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 cycle of change and mm-hmm. kind of those four stages and i thought maybe sharing those with the listeners would be quite helpful in terms yeah. of understanding what it is we go through when we experience change yeah so um yeah so that's that's something that uh, i've been looking at for quite a while ever since i read uh, the book called the dip by seth godin which is a really good one um really really good book so basically whatever it is that is new in your life that you're taking up and uh, like it can be literally anything uh, that you haven't done before that you that involves some kind of process uh of development and that involves some level of discipline required to stick to it you go through four stages the first one is called um uninformed optimism and that's actually my dad told me yesterday so my dad now watched my videos um but yesterday he did and he was like uh he was like the whole life i'm in stage number 1 about like so many things and i kind of find myself also in stage 1 a lot so uninformed optimism is basically when you're excited about something like like i was i was thinking i remember i was excited i was reading about snowboarding mm-hmm. i've never snowboarded in my life ever and i just had a bunch of books about snowboarding and i was just like oh my god i'm going to i'm going to start snowboarding then in 2 weeks i was like oh actually i don't even like snow that much and i don't like to be cold anyways uh so like so uninformed optimism is basically when you get excited about something uh but you don't actually know how long it's going to take you haven't considered what you have to sacrifice in order to do it you know so i feel like a lot of people are in that stage when it comes to like for, for example making youtube videos like you think oh my god youtuber yes this is going to be it i'm going to be a, a youtuber and then you realize that it's like it's two years of getting seven views and that four of them is your your grandma rewatching your videos on repeat because she misses you like yeah. that was big for me uh, not so to mention the hours that go into the editing the recording I, producing yeah, not, yeah not even to mention that uh, so that's the first stage stage number 2 is informed pessimism and that basically means that you've tried this and you've realized that uh, that you suck at it and you're no good which is probably going to be the case with most things that you try for the first time uh, unless you're like Michael Jordan or like someone uh, who's multilateral i guess in their kind of abilities um so you basically tried this for a while and you are worse than you expected uh and this is when you go from the second stage into this kind of area uh i guess that Seth Godin calls the dip but using slightly different language uh and the study that was referred to in my video calls it the valley of despair which is basically this uh this time period um when you just feel like this isn't working right so this this kind of informed pessimism getting worse and worse and worse and worse and this is where uh, kind of most people quit most projects usually and i'm sure the listeners can kind of relate and i can think about so many things yeah. where i quit and sometimes it's not a bad thing like you're not supposed to finish every single thing you start um but uh 
sometimes and uh, infrequently, but sometimes you get to number three, um, stage number three, uh, which is called informed optimism, right? So that means that you have tried this, you have failed, but then you try this again and again and again, and now you know that you can kind of do it, that it's not that hard and that you kind of believe in yourself that eventually it's going to pay off. And then the fourth stage is completion, uh, which is basically your brain getting satisfied and like the routines are set in that you've done this thing, you've learned this thing, and that gives you a jump start into being able to handle that value of despair going from stage number two to stage number three in the next thing that you do. So hopefully you would need to have a few uh, emotional cycle of change completed in order to uh, kind of negate that possibility or decrease that probability of being stuck in, in the valley of despair. Yeah, and then would you, would you, once you've completed, would you then, is, the, is it possible to then the cycle starts again at some point within the same thing? Could you then mm, go into yeah. uninformed optimism again? That's interesting. I mean, that, that study was done on like very particular hobbies that weren't really, because I guess what you're talking about is like, okay, let's take podcasting, right? It's like, I mean, I'm guessing you've gone through the first cycle, but mm-hmm. now it's like, okay, you're like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm Alex right now and I have this podcast, but can it be Joe Rogan? And it's like, okay, there's another cycle of like, I can, I can't, I can, I can't. Uh, there is no data on that, uh, but I think it's absolutely possible. Uh, but it, it's, it concerns change. So you have mm. to be changing something to enter the cycle, um, right? So it's, it can't be just kind of incremental improvements. There has to be something that's, that you do differently. Yeah. So how, how would you how would you define the difference between change and something that's incremental? I think it's probably just like the the scale of uh, of of difficulty, right? I mean, incre- you know, like again, if we take podcasting, like if you decided to okay, let's or, or let's take media, right? Mm-hmm. So you changed. Oh no, let's take working for yourself as a as a thing, right? So you've gone through the emotional cycle of you had a job and now you got your own business, gone through the value of despair. Now you're at the completion stage now, but obviously that was with that particular project, right? And you can buy a new microphone and you can hire an editor and you can uh, start make um, kind of use Alexa skills to distribute your podcast, but that wouldn't be changed necessarily because it's all still, it's still, still that cycle. Uh, but if you decide to, for example, scale from being a solopreneur, to hiring people as employees mm-hmm. and and managing that, like that has changed because the difficulty associated with it is a different type of difficulty. Because in the in the with the first example, it was like okay, res- respect, kind of stability, blah blah blah. With the second example, it's going to be more like uh, responsibility for others. Like you have to be religious about the process, and you have to be watchful for people not to trick you. And so it's just different stuff. Uh, I think so when it involves kind of different skill set, uh, it's probably different cycle. Yeah, I guess, I guess it's, it's, it comes down to something that's a big enough shift, right? There has to be a big enough yeah. shift to start the change. If it's just like something incremental, that, that big shift isn't there. And maybe you don't go through the same process. It'll be probably quite similar, I'd imagine, but maybe on a smaller scale. But if there's that big enough shift, then you go into that, to that cycle. And I think it's fascinating, man, because I, you know, the, as you were saying, there's so many areas of my life that I feel like I've, mm. I've gone into that. And it's, it's, I think when you start to understand it and kind of you, you, you get an idea of that cycle, you kind of really, you can sit back and be like, oh, okay, that's, that's where I'm at. That's what I did. And I think it comes down to awareness, doesn't it? Of like, yeah, I think that's you're... really important. Like that's, and that's what I kind of, I mean, I find myself repeating that thing to myself, like, okay, like this, like this is it, this is the dip. Like, mm. okay, we're here. Just to, just to understand that this is a cycle. This is science, okay? So it's like, you're not that unique. Your life experiences aren't that unique. Like, you're not special. Like, people have gone through it, whether good or bad. Like, people have done the same stuff. Um, so, like, chill out about thinking that the universe is against you or for you. Um, right? So it's like, okay, and it's like recognizing. I think it's just a bit more fun when you deal with, like, change and stuff like that instead of just dreading it, being like, okay, I'm in the dip. Like, that's cool. You know what I mean? Um, and sometimes it's like, it's like you think about completion and you don't even want it that bad. Uh, I think 
if you feel that you don't want it because it's not as attractive, not because of the dip, then I think it's time to quit stuff uh, when it yeah. comes to like if you if you think about that goal and now you're like you know what it's so hard and like it's just so for example like i at some point i wanted to get really really good at tennis and i was when i was a kid i was pretty good and then i kind of started doing acting and stuff and i just left it and then eventually i decided okay i'm gonna get really good again and i was like thinking about completion like okay i'm gonna play not at this level but at this level like i will still not go pro or you know what I mean? And it's so much training and uh, for what, you know? And so it wasn't quite, I was still enjoying it. So the dip wasn't that bad. It was just like thinking about completion and the time that I was invested in it. It's like, uh, like whatever, like, I don't, I don't think that I'd be so delighted with it. Uh, and I think also people will be able to recognize whether you are just uh, kind of being a chicken or you are actually having new inputs of how hard it is for you. You reconsider your goal. And that's, I think, what happens to some of my friends in conventional careers, uh, like law and kind of, um, I don't have many doctors. It's mostly law, lawyers, because um, I went to law school, so I have a lot of friends in that field. Uh, like, it's also for them, when there is a dip, it's not about them not being able to work through it, because, like, surprise, surprise, like, law is very hard. Corporate career is very hard. It's harder than a lot of the kind of glorified entrepreneurial jobs. Um so, but but they kind of think about, okay, let me think about that partnership that I thought was important. And here I am in this cycle. Um, but now when I think about what I need to do for it, I don't think that I actually want it that much and I want something else. I think that's, um, with I think with legal careers, you can see that, that dip really filtering um, people. And if you're able to kind of be honest with yourself, um, then it can really help you. So yeah the value of despair is not is not all that bad <laughs> no and i think it's sometimes you have to, to understand as well that it's actually fine like if you don't if you don't get through the you don't get through the dip you don't get out of the valley of despair and you just leave something like you said you're not going to complete everything that you undertake or every part of you know every every big change in your life but you can still learn something from it you can still take that experience for the next time even if you don't get to full completion you can still bring the experience with you and apply it in a different way, which is, I think, you know, really powerful because we get so hung up on like our, you know, negative self-talk, like I'm a failure, like I didn't finish this or, you know, whatever it may be. But actually think about the experience that you've got from that and the growth that yeah. you've got from that and how you can apply that elsewhere. I think you can also hack it. Like if you think about completion, you can just uh, kind of decrease the scale of it and say, for example, uh, the goal isn't to um, leave your job and become a full-time podcaster, but the goal is to have 10 episodes. Mm. And that's it. Like, you can do that, right? And that's, it's like, you, we will have the dip, but like your completion isn't that far away. You know what I mean? Um, so maybe sometimes you can like scale it down midway just to get the win uh, of some kind. So, yeah, yeah. And it's true because it's funny that you've used that as an example because that was actually one of the things that when I started the podcast was like, if I get to episode 10, I know that I'm going to get to episode 100. I know that I'm going to be doing it still in four years' time because yeah. I know that, that that smaller goal is going to see me through in the long term. And it's kind of something that I was saying to people of like, you know, I'm starting a podcast now, but and there's, at the time it was a few months after I started, like say six months, like is that period where everyone seemed to have a podcast. And I was kept saying to people like, okay, well, let's see who's still here in four years. Like, let's see who's still podcasting in four years because they're the ones who are going to, you know flourish in some way and some people are just doing it because it's popular now because they just realize there's a lot of work that goes into it <laughs> and yeah and like that's what i did like uh i i had a podcast called max talks ai about artificial intelligence like that was super random um and actually it got me like the return on that investment of time wasn't in views but it was in the network that mm. actually has like really changed my life like my first guest on the podcast like changed my life uh, professionally so like that was huge but i was like i don't think i like podcasting all that much uh i was like okay i don't think i like this topic all that much and i quit on like episode six yeah um and like okay like i still have six episodes you know yeah um whoever wants to listen to them can can go listen to them but i don't think they're particularly great and uh in terms of my performance my guests were great but i just kind of i wasn't enjoying it all that much uh, and it's fine yeah exactly like, I just and, went and I did something else yeah exactly and you, you go on to other things right and I think again it comes back to using the learnings and applying it elsewhere which I think sure. 
is is always so even when i coach right I, I'm, I'm constantly trying to remind people that like, okay if this thing that you're going through right now isn't that great it's fine because even you're, you're either going to come out of it and you're going to feel great or you're not going to come out of it and it's just going to be something that you learn from and that's fine as well like either way it's going to yeah. be totally fine and when and, you have and, that yeah i think just to add on that what you said about change and maybe you, you know more about it because you coach one-on-one one-on-one one, yeah, one um but like to me it seems that and also in my life like change doesn't really take that long mm. like you can literally go from like you're doing nothing with your life to like being on a good track in four months like and i've seen that happening and it's like you don't necessarily have to get into a car accident so like chill like you, you can just kind of just hack it like honestly it doesn't take all that much it takes one to two big changes like for example reading a book before sleep every day mm-hmm. waking up early you do those two like your life will change That's you know what it. i mean so it's like people think that like changing life around is this huge thing but actually like it's not uh, mm. if you play your cards right it's not uh, yeah and it's, it's like i always talk about the one percent rule and it's like if you can just like you're saying do do that one percent every day go to bed and read a book before you go to bed and wake up early that they are one percent for the day they're going to change your life so dramatically in the long in, in the in the mid to long term but you might not notice that in the in the moment you do it but that one percent they're going to add up and you're only really going to notice the 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 true outcome of all of the little one percents when you look back over a longer period of time when you look back over six months when you look back over a year that's when you notice how much effect those little one percents have had and it's yeah that's stuff that's changed my life dramatically for sure so let's talk books man um tell me some of your give me your free um the free books that have inspired you the most um warren buffett's biography called the snowball um that was one of the first books that were really challenging to me uh and that i, that I thought was really interesting but i finished it uh and that kind of triggered a lot of the consistency in my reading um i've gone through multiple dips with that book but it, it's really interesting it's, it's an interesting story and like i don't remember much of it now i just remember bits but i remember it really kind of inspired me even though i'm not into finance like i don't care much about like spreadsheets and like it's cool for people who do and like i loved reading about it um and obviously warren buffett is inspiring in many ways um but it's not like he's my role model it was more about uh like the fact that it was my first long business challenging nonfiction book uh, so that was that number two is count of, uh the count of monte cristo uh by alexander dumas like that's a book about revenge uh, and i think that's something that sometimes in in these conversations like i kind of forget to say that i do take quite a lot of motivation from external events so i can remember a few episodes in my life where i was in law school and then my uh, company law teacher uh, professor she called me hopelessly inadequate when i submitted my first essay Uh, and then after that i ended up being top of the class in company law because it's like i was like like you said what like Anyway, so, and like, I remember that and every now and then I'm like, okay, like hopelessly inadequate. All right. How about I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be the most accomplished graduate of, uh, of my law school, like ever. And then you will have to, now she's the dean and then you will have to give me the, the awards for that and give me an honorary degree. Um, and then we'll see. But anyways, but she said it, it's like, there was no bad intent or anything like that. It was just like, and someone, I remember someone said it, that I act big. I act like I have a following. Uh, even though I don't uh, on social media and it's because I was like sharing tips and things like that it was like hi guys and I had like maybe 400 followers or something like that and it's like oh you act like you have followers I'm like okay okay and it's not like obviously it's not about like oh my god I'm gonna have so many followers but it's just the little things that like people said uh, mm-hmm. I kind of take them and I'm like I just go with them and I think that element of like like this kind of chip on your shoulder and stuff. I think that's really useful. If you know how to kind of, um, and I'm not claiming to have like a perfect control of it, but if you know how to spin it, there is nothing wrong with having some external driver. Uh, it's not all coming from, I am meant to do this, so I'm going to do this. And I don't care about what people say. 
like if someone said uh okay you're not gonna do you're not gonna be successful at it and you really want to be successful at it, like use that energy because that's a surplus like it's 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 somewhere there in you so just use it um so count of the monte cristo is like a really good revenge book uh, and i'm not gonna spoil it for people but yeah, yeah. It, it's really good and i think the book number three uh would probably be like just tim ferris's work um because he inspired me in a lot of the stuff that i do because he's done a lot for me um and has been doing like still still does uh so i kind of want to be that person for someone else and then that person will be me who is trying to be tim ferris for someone else. well i mean we're super different like we have almost nothing in common um but uh but yeah, so so anything by Tim Ferriss, maybe like uh, Tools of Titans, uh, is a good book. book, or just or just the podcast. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Tim's Tim's stuff is made. I've got uh, got two of his books on my shelf. I've got Tools of Titans and Tribe of Mentors, both incredible books. Um, so I, I completely agree. Like I think yeah. that his stuff. And what I love about Tim is that he's he's willing to try things, no matter what. He'll he'll try something, and then if he if he thinks it benefits him and he sticks with it he sticks with it like he really doesn't like when you read tools of titans he's like there's so many weird and wonderful things that he's got himself up to which is just like like underwater workouts and like just crazy stuff it's just like yeah i love that i think it's just, it's a great mindset to have and like not being scared to try things in order to thrive cool so i've got a couple final questions for you uh, which everyone kind of gets to ask on the podcast so the first one is if we could go back in time and we could speak to a younger version of max uh, what three bits of advice would you give yourself to start doing from that very moment? This question is so hard because it's like, because it's like, you don't want to change anything, but like, if we kind of don't think about the butterfly effect and stuff, yeah. um, I would probably like, it's, it's really tough. Like I, I definitely tell myself not to fracture my ankle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not to jump from the garage uh, and not to get drunk so that you can't remember what happened. Um, that I would definitely tell myself. I tell myself to start earlier. Uh, I was like, okay, I, I, would, I would say, you know what you have to do, just, just start earlier. Um, definitely, I would tell myself that. Buy Tesla stock. <laughs> uh, or, yeah, I, I think it's like with a lot of things, I would say start earlier would be would be would be the answer. Start reading earlier. Start producing content earlier. Um, start reaching out to people you want to reach out to earlier, and things like that. Also, maybe telling myself like, dude, you're gonna stress out a lot of time, a, a lot in the future. Like, so just maybe chill for now because it's it's only gonna get worse from here. So. Um, so yeah, maybe like go go out or something, like go 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 hang out with like your dogs or something, um, <laughs> because you won't have time for that. Uh, and also maybe spend more time with your grandparents uh, would be another one. Uh, I'll get to know get to know your family before you know while you can and stuff, mm. um, because that's something you can never like you can, you can never kind of redo it right when it's. When, when it's impossible, it's, it's impossible. So exactly. I'll be like, reach out to your relatives more and uh, yeah, try to get to know them before they're gone. Yeah. And, and, and hear their stories, hear their experience. Like my, my grandma's coming up to 88 this year and she's the only grandparent I've got left. And she was staying with us um, over Christmas and in, into lockdown. And like every now and then I just ask her something about like her life and her story. And she'd just come out with like the most amazing Mm -hmm. store, you know like especially grandparents man they've been through wars they've been through stuff you know been through massive change in the world they've got incredible stories and i think you know hear them like they they'll be gone you know unless they have a diary that you can read through over their life or something you know they're going to be gone so it's it's important to hear those stories and hit and you know learn from them as well get the experience from those stories it's, it's, yeah it's so and, and i think it also hits different when it's your family yeah like you know like my grandma is is like as I mean, the things that she's done, she's like so badass. Um, and it's like the fact that, you know, I have such proximity to her and stuff like that. Like that's hidden different to, for example, reading about like Michelle Obama because like, mm -hmm. where's Michelle Obama? Where am I? Like where, there's such a disconnect. Um, so yeah, I think family can be super inspiring, especially as you said, grandparents. Like now the biggest problem you have is like, oh my God, 
TikTok is changing its owner company, and like, what if your for you page is is not accessible for like a day? Yeah, and they literally have to go through a war. And you say that this generation is the toughest, and you call them boomers. No, anyways, I'm not even gonna get into that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. Um, so final question for you is: What does happiness mean to you? Um, it doesn't mean much. Like I don't value it much. Um, I think, and like I think it might be a mistake, but like I really want to focus on like my impact and like doing something really cool and like interesting. Um, so I think I've never struggled with like happiness. Uh, maybe until recently. Maybe recently it's been kind of I've been down more often than than usual. But generally I'm kind of always happy, and. Um, I just can roll in with it. Like I'm just going to be always happy in the background, but I'm not going to optimize for happiness. So in terms of what, what happiness means to me, I guess, I guess that is not optimizing my life for my own happiness, but like trying to make it more about actually what, what you can do. Uh, mm. Because I know that if I don't do that, uh, then because I'm slightly screwed up in my head, like I will, I know that it will be very hard for me to, to be happy and I don't want to take that gamble. Um, so I want to get some of the things that I want to achieve out of the way. I know people say that they're not going to bring me happiness, but I'm just going to check. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Maybe they're wrong. Um, but yeah, but I think in general, obviously, it's very important to get yourself in a state to be able to perform. Like that's what's important for me right now. Like I don't want to be miserable every day. Um, and I'm not saying I'm miserable every day, but some days I am. So I'm just trying to like, okay, like what steps should we take to to be able to wake up start working, have fun, go out, like do stuff and like, just make sure that we can keep going and uh, keep going, like not losing the momentum, like not stopping. Um, that's what's important to me. So like the, the format that happiness is taking right now is just some, something like some process or some mental state where I'm, where I'm in my zone doing what I do. Like that's what I, where I really want to get. Yeah. Love that. And I think that's, it's important to have that as, as well as the balance of like, you know, knowing that, you know, happiness really is is the thing we we're striving for to live for, right? Is to be happy, and I think you have to. There's there's an element of finding the balance between you know putting yourself through the work, through the stress, through the struggle, but ultimately because it's making you happy to do so when you're doing them in a way, you know. Yeah, and it's also like I have a very strong like sense of mission. So it's like, okay, why do you care about your own happiness right now if other people need you? like more than you need yourself so like why are you focusing on your own happiness and the reason is because you have to be in a good state to perform because if you're not then you're useless so that's how i'm trying to justify like myself and like my my weird like personality trait of like making it about like sometime the history will like be sorted out like whatever uh, i'm trying to tell myself like look if you are not in a good state then you are useless to others too. Um, so none of the things you want to happen will happen uh, if you try to like force yourself through it. Um, so yeah, so so if if you're like me and maybe you are like like kind of disproportionately driven by some sort of like either your place in history or like some sort of like external mission or a mission to help others, like just make sure that you, like you put uh, the oxygen mask on yourself first. And because mm. if you don't, then you're not going to be able to help anyone if you are, you know, passed out. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, do you want to let people know who are listening where they can find out more about you online? Uh, best place to stay connected with everything you're doing, and anything else you want to shout about? Sure. So, best place is probably TikTok or Instagram. I'm Max Klimenko, K L Y M E N K O. Uh, so just google it's pretty easy to find like wherever you, you want to find me uh the best place to message me is linkedin uh it's underused very underused channel so people get through to me quite a lot there so um yeah that's that's a that's an insight <laughs> for, this, for the listeners for alex's uh, crew <laughs> love that thank so, you man. Well, i appreciate the time and uh, it's been an awesome chat awesome thanks a lot So there we have it. I hope that you liked that episode with Max. And as I said at the start, you know, it's really great to hear from Max and that dynamic of change, that cycle of change is really fascinating. And I think the dip is something that we all kind of have felt. We've all been through, we've all been there. 
And I think our reaction to how we um, come out of that dip is, is super important. So it's really great to kind of hear more about it from Max and his kind of understandings and learning from what he's kind of taken from it. So if you like what you heard from this episode, please be sure to leave a review. And even better still, hit that subscribe button so that you get the latest episode straight to your phone. And if you know someone who you think would really benefit from hearing this episode, be sure to send them the link or a screenshot because it's important that we continue to spread the messages and positive vibes of episodes like this. I started this podcast to help inspire a positive change and you can also be a part of that by sharing the love. As ever, you can connect with me on Instagram at IamAlexManzi or TikTok, CoachAlexManzi. Hit me up, say hello, let me know what you learned from this episode. But until then, thank you for listening and I will see you for the next episode. This podcast is produced by Unedited.